Hey, what's up, church family and friends? Ben and Bucky here for another Conversations episode. Hey, Watermark. Hope you guys are having a great Christmas. It's exciting to talk about these wonderful gifts that God gives us to practice His presence. That's right. And here we are. We're on the final episode for the month of December talking about the gift of presence. One that, uh, an episode that really wraps it all in, ties it all together. Uh, something that's particularly exciting for me because I've only learned about these things the last two, three years. You've been walking in a great rhythm this way for, for over a decade, two decades almost. Um, but it's this idea of rhythm. That's the mm-hmm. big idea for today's mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful to see how all these practices are pieces of a bigger puzzle. And that puzzle is a rhythm of life that as we bring these things together, it begins to shape us and form us around the image of God, around our original purpose as image bearers that's now been redeemed by Christ. And now through the Holy Spirit, as we practice these rhythms on a regular basis, daily basis, weekly basis, yearly basis, mm-hmm. God begins to form us from the inside out, and we look more like Jesus. Right. And that it's a rhythm of relationship. That's what right. it's all about. Right. And the question we're going to pose today, based out of Luke 2, 41 to 52, you can pull that up right now if you're listening, wherever you're listening from, if you have the ability to get your Bible app out. Uh, I, I'm go- that means when we're transformed from the inside out and we're transformed around the image of God, we then become about our Father's business. Mm-hmm. And that's the question, you guys, Beautiful. that we want to really press in. We do want to challenge you as you're listening today. Are we about our Father's business? Amen. That can only flow from, from building an intentional, daily, uh, annual rhythms of formation around Christ, His Word, and these practices. Yeah, and, and the, the Jewish culture had that rhythm that was built in naturally mm-hmm. by the law, yeah. by the community. Right. And the practices of rhythm within the law were naturally a part of the Jewish family system, the Jewish cultural celebrations, Mm -hmm. the Jewish practices towards their neighbors and their fellow humans, and all those rhythms form them into the people of God. Yeah. Yeah. So you jumped in right where I was going to as well. This is the Old Testament. So, you know, I'm really thankful for my men's Bible study this last year. We decided we were going to do Bible in a year, as daunting as that has been, and it continues to be. Of course, you start in the first five books of the Bible, the law. And I really wanted to get a better handle on the book of Leviticus. So I, I bought this audio commentary. Wow. Yeah, I know. Because I'm like, there's got to be more to this book. You know, I've read it a few times through now. But I, but I'm, here I am facilitating this small group. I want to be a little more educated, prepared as I go into it. And, um, uh, you know, regardless of how you feel about him, Rob Bell has this tremendous, um, I think it's like 10 hours of audio just on the book of Leviticus. And he gives this really articulate, well thought through introduction about how this book that we think is just law, rights and regulations, it's toxic to the modern reader, mm. Christians and non-Christians alike have no reference point and totally misunderstand what this book is about. Well, one of the big takeaways for me, I could reduce that book and many of the rest of the law and, the, and some of the, the Old Testament that we many Christians want to throw away altogether is one word, and that is order. Mm. Order would be a wonderfully synonymous term uh, for rhythm, which is this mm-hmm. whole today's episode is all about. Right. And I love what Rob Bell says in using the analogy of someone who's in recovery, you mm-hmm. know, the 12 steps from alcohol or drug use. What is the person whose life has been completely turned upside down, is completely unregulated? Why do they need to go to an inpatient clinic for, the, mm-hmm. for to get help? Why? Yeah. 
because they they need to uh, break free from the bondage of addiction. Right, right. and, and the they way, can't do it without some order. That's right, exactly. <laughs> the freedom <laughs> right. comes from order. Right. You see, our, our, our modern, postmodern, secular Western minds have no working definition for what freedom is. You know, we think mm-hmm. freedom means do what we want as we please. You know, the, the wonderful and great Tim Keller says that's the definition of hell, actually, right. is that you're given whatever you want and you're free right. to have whatever you want. Yes. It's a free fall. It's destructive. It's painful. And the, the addict knows that and learns that. Yes. And the only way to help them, or, or excuse me, one of the major ways to help them towards that road to freedom mm-hmm. is an ordered life. They don't need un, unbridled and unregulated freedom. They need, they need steps. They need right. structure. Right. And that's nowhere better illustrated than the book of Leviticus. And, and really the, the Jewish tradition, and we're going to jump into the New Testament in a second, but I love camping out here on this point. We so mistake God's whole deal. We, again, we think it's a throwaway. But this idea of order continues for Jesus and into the New Testament our lives need that. We're running yes. around with the most disordered and chaotic mm-hmm. generation of all time. Skyrocketing suicide, skyrocketing mm-hmm. depression, skyrocketing unhappiness and anxiety and stress and fear. It's just the highest levels. Mm-hmm. And yet we're the wealthiest and most well-developed economy and, and world that, 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 that the universe has ever known. Yes. And yet, why? In my opinion, Bucky, one of the premier reasons why is because we have this disordered inner life and external life. Yes, amen. And we... We're attached to, addicted to the idols of this world, of our culture, which is individuality, consumerism, mm-hmm. right? Uh, all about me mm-hmm. uh, kind of thinking. And we can't break out of that w- without a different rhythm, mm-hmm. a different order right. to break us free from the patterns and habits that have been formed by our culture. Right. right? That That's enslave right. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. The fear and all the anxiety and all the craziness we see out there, chaos. No, you, ha- you yes. have to... Build something in place by open the gift of grace that's already available to you. No, no, no striving, earning. Um, it, it's given. It's freely given, and there is uh, opening of that gift, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to end at, uh, with Luke two. We're going to get there in a second, but I want to read. Here's the guy who really revealed this concept to me in the last three years, and that was Pete Scazzaro, of course, that we're always talking about on the show. Emotionally healthy spirituality. He 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 calls he uses the word rule in place of rhythm. Mm-hmm. And this is what he says about the rule of life. You kind of used a similar term earlier. We are called to order, there's that word, our lives around spiritual practices and disciplines. That is a rule of life, quote, something utterly foreign to the world around us. It's a call to order our entire life in such a way, get this, not that it's rules, rights, and regulations, in such a way that the love of Christ comes before all else. Mm. And in doing so, the very quality of our lives holds the possibility of being transformed into a gift to our families, our friends, our coworkers, and communities. Now he uses a picture, and this is the last thing I'll read, and then you'll love this picture. You can wax on this for a couple minutes for the audience. Please don't be intimidated by the word rule. The word comes from the Greek for trellis. Mm. A trellis is a tool that enables a grapevine to get off the ground and grow upward, becoming more fruitful and productive. In the same way, a rule of life is a trellis that helps us abide in Christ and become more fruitful spiritually. Wow, that's a beautiful picture of the practices, this trellis, this scaffolding that holds us up, mm-hmm. that points us upward towards God mm-hmm. and helps us to abide in His presence. Right. And out of that comes a fruitful life, a life that flourishes as we talk about that, a life that allows us actually to love God and love others. Actually, that's what the law is really about. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So um, back to the Jewish tradition. 
We have this wonderful verse here with so much stuff that sticks out. And again, this is a very Christmas passage uh, as it centers around the boy Jesus and his early life. And we're going to look at Luke 2, 41. And I'm just going to read that very first verse. And Bucky, you, you talk about how emblematic this is. But uh, Luke 2, verse 41 says, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. Wow. That's the trellis, right? <laughs> yeah. From the law. Right. That's the order. Mm-hmm. The law had these incredible rhythms for families. And part of that was celebrations and festivals that were all linked to the identity of Israel as God's chosen people and to remember their story, their deliverance story, mm-hmm. their grace testimony yeah. of how God delivered them from slavery in Egypt and brought them into the freedom of the promised land. And God warns them in Deuteronomy, if you go into this land and you just take the houses and you take the, the nice fruit and you start living out, you're going to forget who you are and why you're here. And so I'm going to give you these practices to remind you mm-hmm. who I am, who you are, and what life is all about. Oh, that's beautiful. And that's one of the first takeaways of why rhythm, how rhythm. You, you know, There's a habitual thing they did once a year, and it was about remembrance. It yes. was. It was about memory. It was intimately tied to our identity, who we are, and where we've come from. That's mm-hmm. a really powerful part. Yes. Um, of course, I'll, I'll skip through some of this. Uh, uh, when he was 12 years old, they went to the festival. That is Jesus, according to the custom. There's customs, right? And they're, they're very intentional. They're not just to slog people down in a spirit of religion. They're, they're meant to ping us back to our identity, our story, our future hope. All of that was tied into this, yes. this Jewish custom. Um, while his parents were returning home, the boy stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Uh, You kind of know what unfolds here. Uh, They're frantic. They're searching for him. When his parents, verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Here's the punchline question. Why were you searching for me? He he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? They did not understand what he was saying to them. Mm, Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, it's the outcome of rhythm. There's the fruit. The, the, the fruit of, that every parent wants, you know, in terms of Christ is they want their child to be focusing on what, what is God doing in my life and how can I do it and spending time uh, with the Lord in intimacy and bearing that fruit. And that's just the outcome of this Jewish rhythm for Jesus. And he's connecting with the Father. And obviously he's hmm. becoming aware of the first time that there's a unique relationship between him and the Father, because he uses the term, my Father. Mm. And I think Jesus is the only one, obviously in the Old Testament, the word Father was there somewhat, but nobody said, he's my Father. Mm. And this is Jesus becoming aware of who he is. Mm -hmm. And as we go through the rhythms with our children, Ben and his beautiful children, uh, we want our children to become aware of who they are in mm, God. So right. it's beautiful. Right. And so I think the best way to wind down the episode, Bucky, would be to get really, really intensely practical. My mind always jumps to habits, you know. This, this There is a certain amount of this that is, <laughs> you have to put your money where your mouth is. You have mm-hmm. to do something about yes, it. Yes. You do have to schedule it, you know. Yes. And, and my mind goes back to the, the great John Mark Comer book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yes. Um, this access to God, mm-hmm. this newfound grace, this kingdom living doesn't come without a cost. Yes. There is an expense of, of just merely scheduling these things that we value. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I love the other version of this. Didn't you know I was about my father's business? You know, mm-hmm. I was in my father's house, but I... Another way of saying that is, I was about my father's business. Right. There's a focus there. There's a there's an hour there's an hour there's a time based investment there. Yes. And um, what would you say practically for people that that need to know how to jump in for the first time or need to know how to take their 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 
their rhythms of grace to the next level. I would say to get really, really practical, I, I would encourage them to uh, get a piece of paper and write the days of the week out mm. and look at their schedule and basically create a rhythm, an ideal rhythm schedule. In my ideal week, I have a certain amount of time for exercise, a certain amount of time for you know, work, a certain amount of time for sleep, a certain amount of time for friends. And as I schedule those things, what are the blocks of time that I'm going to commit to that are going to be about this rhythm? What does that look like for me, mm-hmm. whether it's a Sabbath day? I'm going to block out that Sabbath day. That's a huge one, Ben. That's probably mm-hmm. the foundation one I would start with. Yeah. How can I block out a half a day or a full day of Sabbath to begin the rhythm around rest? Yeah. And I know you do that as well, right? Yeah, that's great. I would take two things out of what you just said, starting with Sabbath. Um, part of the genius of Sabbath, biologically, scientifically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, as a, as a stopping day, as a cessation of all activity and busyness and generation, generating stuff, mm-hmm. um, is how it allows us to recreate. That's, I think, God, part of God's vision for the, for the Sabbath day, is that when you stop and you feel so taxed and burdened and, and overwhelmed, the, the, the 24-hour period, or maybe you just settle for 12, whatever, you have to start small, uh, start small, win small, mm-hmm. a win is a win. Um, what you're going to find out is when you snap out of that stopping period, you're a new person. Yeah. You're able to get creative again. You're able to innovate again. You're able to problem solve for something you were thoroughly stuck in. Why? Because you went 30 days without a day off. Right. Some of you guys have been going years without one 24-hour period of nothing. And that's what I love about Sabbath is that it will you, you will immediately see some of the fruit of that order, of that rhythm in your life. And um, some people can't afford to do a full day. They work odd hours. It doesn't have to be a Saturday. It doesn't have to be a Sunday. It can be whatever day of the week. Uh, we recommend a, a stopping ceremony, 5 p.m. on one night, and then uh, that continues into 5 p.m. the following day. Mm-hmm. I, I love what Pete says. This was a light bulb for us on Sabbath, was that we were treating the weekend. We, we, we had to realize that even though there's a Saturday, Sunday, for us it's Friday, Saturday, that one of those days of the weekend in a traditional calendar is to do the work outside your job, right. <laughs> the homework, the yes. apartment work, the condo work, the personal stuff you didn't get to do while you were working your 40-hour job. Right. Don't mistake that. A lot of people will be so frustrated and stuck thinking, why did my weekend day, not my two days not work out? Well, one of them, um, understandably, you need to accept that, that that first day of your weekend, whatever it is, is meant for productivity still. But then that second day of the weekend should be devoted to delight, to enjoyment, to fun, to nothingness, to rest, to nap, um, to, to those things. And then you'll feel a little less frustrated. We, we had that kind of connection for us. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the second thing for starting small, to the question of how do we just start, mm-hmm. I would recommend a devotional. Yep. Pick whatever book you want that is a short one-page, two-page reading. It could be on your phone. It could be the Bible app where you do uh, one reading for one, not just one day, but for six minutes. You've heard me advocate this before. I have many devotionals from Pete Scazzaro that I recommend, the, the daily office, he calls it. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, the way it's arranged is so short. There's an introduction, there's one passage, and there's a prayer question. And I take two minutes of silence, two minutes of reading the passage, and two more minutes of, of silence. Anyone can do six minutes, Bucky. Yes. Anyone can do six minutes. Yes. And he would recommend three times a day. Great, work up to that. Mm-hmm. A morning, a midday, and an evening. You know, the midday is huge even at your work, your office, because you're, you're inviting God back into your day. He's all-powerful. We're not God. He's, we get reminded that he's God. And I love the six minutes. The power of six minutes is a great starting place. Yeah, and I love that too. And I would also just put a little uh, plug-in for marriage to do this with your spouse. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing to do the six-minute uh, devotional reading, quiet time, and then praying together. 
develops a great intimacy between the couple and really cements that relationship. So this is something you can do as a married couple as well, or yeah. even with your family if you wanted to. Yeah, I love that you bring in the, the marriage unit or as a couple or uh, as a family with kids. Let's drill down even more practical. Let's get even more real because the, the, on the day of recording today, I already admitted this morning fatigue. Uh, discouragement, mm-hmm. uh, feeling broken down. My old habits don't work anymore. I'm tired. I, I can't. I can't depend on the hour in the morning I used to have. We're, we're right. sleep training two new babies. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't have that anymore. Right. I have to get it on the fly. I have to get it where I can. Right. And so here's what I would say: If you're a parent or even an individual who feels like you're in those same shoes, um, take what you can mm-hmm. and, and use those as a small victory. So in the car on the way somewhere in yes. your morning or your midday or your evening, use that time in the car. Uh, Riley and I have had to use that time together. We just get coffee. At least we can, whatever the early morning held, whatever breakfast ha- habit, you know, uh, took place during breakfast, the chaos of that, um, we would have, we have tw- 25, 30 minutes in the car to get coffee and we're connecting. We're, we're, we're talking about our day. We're, we're praying. We're, we're, we're investing in a, in a really special fellowship during that. That's what we can get. Yes. And then the, and then the rest of the day, it's, it's stealing away minutes just wherever you can to abide in God, his scripture, pull out your phone and, and meet him again. And I would just say, guys, um, I'm trying to meet you where you're at, but also that's coming from a, a full-time worker, a, a leader in an organization and a parent of nine kids. Yes. So that's real. If I yes. can do it, even in that, 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 that meager offering, you can do it. Wherever you I don't care who you are, you can bring some kind of meager offering to your life. Yeah, and another creative way is to say, is there things we could combine together? So like right. a prayer walk. Um, one of the things that Kathleen and I like to do is just go in the car, get out of the car, walk somewhere, have a conversation, and at the end of that walk, pray together and walk back. And so you're, you're having some exercise, you're having some great intimacy as a couple, then bring God in that intimacy and... You could read a devotional or pray, and you just you can combine things, and that helps as well. Yeah, that's that's the great practical thing I was taking away from what you said. Do it, do it with someone else. You can't do it alone. Great, get the get get a buddy, get the kids, include them. It's going to be messy, but it's yeah. it's still mm-hmm. be meaningful. Exactly. I think the final thing, Bucky, as we wind down, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the idea of the rule of life or the rhythm of life is that now you've strung together some habits. You've yes. strung together several of these gifts, several of these practices mm-hmm. that firm up your inner soul and. Then and have outward implication. Remember that from Pete. Really, the rule of life is about reflecting people's beauty back to themselves, reflecting God's love outward to other people because right. of how your inward soul is so well governed, ordered, you know, managed. And so for those who are willing to t- looking to take that next step, we, we would urge you to do so. Find, find, there's a list. You could do the long list of 20 spiritual practices and disciplines. Right. It's wide ranging. Um, take the one where you think that it would be fun for you. If it's going to be painful, you're not going to do it. It's the right. same thing with working out, yes. physical fitness. Yeah. If it's painful, you're way less likely to do it. So if you've gotten one or two practices in place, think about a third, a fourth, a fifth, and think about the one that pops out to you, thing that looks most fun to you, and go with that so you can get towards a rule of life, not just a one-off. Yes. You know, I just date God every now and then when I want to see him. No, when you're growing into a rule, it's something that's regular. There's regularity, consistency. Yeah, take little bites, make it fun, and if you can, bring a friend along. Yeah. And that makes the beginning of the rhythm much easier than putting together some weighty thing that you're not going to be able to accomplish. Right, absolutely. Right. Well, guys, we hope that this uh, topic of rhythm has been a gift to you and it will continue to uh, bear fruit in your lives. And we still look forward to next month's podcast. That's going to be a surprise. You'll have to tune back in, look to our Instagram and our website for what that's going to be. But more great conversation podcasts. They're going to be regular every other week in the month of January and beyond. So we look forward for more conversation with you guys.
Yeah, but have a Merry Christmas and remember that great gift of Jesus in your life and take time to open that gift and practice his presence through these wonderful opportunities that God has given us to open our heart to him. That's right. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Got it.